All right, this is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, uh, sitting across the table for our annual get-together, uh, the what I like to call the car cast, oh. <laughs> owner of Earth 2 Comics. Oh, I'm sorry, Car, car D'Angelo. <laughs> give, give us a voice check. There you go. Eisner Award-winning uh, retailer. Uh, I think we have to give that, that every year. Uh, so, uh, we are here with our post-con wrap-up uh, back at Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. Uh, the gang has already gathered this week and uh, done their rundown, and now Carr and I, from somewhere in Los Angeles, uh, are... Uh, are going An to undisclosed to location. Undisclosed location. <laughs> the car cave. Uh, <laughs> See, when you say car cast, it always, I always think of like it's an auto show. Like, okay. hey, we're going to talk about if the new I, Ferrari. If only I could uh, pronounce the double R, the car <laughs> cast. <laughs> so, uh, that sounds like it's a pirate thing. Okay, well, either way, uh, perhaps we're being pirated right now. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, so, this year you, you, uh, you had half a con. I did. Half a con is better than none, as, as they say. And it was it was a pretty speedy um, turnaround. I had had some family business the weekend before, so I didn't get down there till Thursday afternoon and left after a breakfast uh, meeting um, Saturday morning. So really only one full day Friday down at the at the convention, and a lot of that was dealing with some retailer comics pro stuff, which we always do on the, the Friday programming track, mm-hmm. including we had a, a state of the industry panel. And I am happy to report we had, you know, like the you know, major publishers, you know, DC, Marvel, um, Image, IDW, Dark Horse, am I forgetting anybody? Um, Boom. Boom uh, was Ch- Chip. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think Boom was there as well. Okay. Now, 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 now uh, that, that would, and I think that would have been it. Dynamite not there. Um, but, uh, um, <coughs> but the the state of the industry is okay. <laughs> okay, that's that, that, that's what we came well, up cause, with. Because you know that's a panel I I, I w- we wouldn't have covered. I mean, I had people <laughs> obviously at the TV and the movie stuff, and you know occasionally comic stuff, but they're on the retailer side. So yes, you reached the conclusion that the state of the industry is okay, and wanted to talk about that uh, a little bit. You know, that's the great thing about me about sitting down with you on an annual basis is uh, you've got an insight on things that, and some for some reason, summer seems to be a time of panic. <laughs> 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 in comics, there is good. No, uh, just because a lot of changes are happening. I shouldn't say it's summer. It's every summer, but this summer does seem to be there are a lot of changes happening very soon. Uh, a, ver- a lot of changes happening with uh, technology and really? changing things. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, I hadn't heard. <laughs> Let me check oh, my handheld device. <laughs> And see if is that a Palm Pilot? Uh, is that a Newton? Uh, it's a very large Newton. Uh, fig Newton. So, uh, but so you got to do the state of the industry panel. Anything it's else? Okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> everybody seems okay. In fact, I I, well, I think one of the I think one of the cycles the con cycle does determine a lot of that because obviously San Diego Comic Con having become become so big, and that is also New York and other shows where they've been able so the publishers can spread out some of their big announcements and even um, sometimes we have our Comics Pro meeting in February. Sometimes things will come out of that as, as, as well. Um, just because the press, it seems, likes to have those things. You know, you kill Johnny Storm, that's a sort of separate event, and you'll get your press for that. But it does seem 
the, the, the press likes the construction sometimes of announced at Comic-Con, announced mm -hmm. at New York Comic-Con, announced at the Comics Pro meeting, so those events do kind of create a cycle, and certainly, you know, even Marvel this year, I don't know that there was anything major, major that they announced, but, you know, holding off their, at the very least, they held off all their previews solicits. You mm -hmm. know, they, they didn't, you know, normally they would have been out, I think, the week of mm -hmm. Comic-Con, and they kind of held them till Monday um, after Comic-Con, mm -hmm. so they could make Hulk number one and Defenders and things like right, that. Right, right. Those news items in a way that they wouldn't have of, of been news items. If, right, if and that's the internal press. But the other thing with Comic Con is the, a lot of now. I think a lot of that is bleeding out into the mainstream sure. press. You know, now DC jumped it, had to jump the gun. We talked about that with the new Fifty Two. Right. Yeah, when I say we talked about it, you know, because <coughs> I've been here a few days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and we've just had dinner conversation about it. Uh, but that there was no way with the new 52, since it was in the July solicits, I, DC may have wanted to push it closer to the end of June than they did, so it would become a story that they kind of rode into Comic-Con with. But, I mean, certainly, I don't think DC could have made a bigger... DC couldn't have saved the announcement till Comic Con unless they basically delivered a blank previews catalog in in in, in you know in July, which I don't would think have been interesting. Would, hey, it's been done before, but I don't know has it. I don't know. One, no. one year, one year, well, no, one year. No, we've had one year later, and we had Marvel classified. There are times when we yeah. basically had a blank previews, or the time I think right. with Civil War, um, Marvel, you know released an entirely classified catalog initially, and then on the day Civil War 7 came out, there was a the real catalog, which, mm -hmm. you know... Again, when you read what the solicits say, it's not like, you know, Batman faces his greatest challenge. Captain America does something that he hasn't done until this issue. You know, I mean, they're, you know... The solicits, classified or not, don't really say that much anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah... You had today, but the overall experience for the con for you this year? Uh, it's it's always it's always good. It's always fun. Um, I, I felt like there wasn't a a um, kind of a homing beacon the way there has been in years past. Mm -hmm. You know, you were saying you know the the attention that the media pays, and you know, I was almost a question I had had for you is because it didn't strike me that there was that big giant story. You know, you didn't have. You didn't have Marvel having an Avengers panel for the movie. Right. A lot of the talk was what wasn't there, as mm -hmm. opposed to what was. There wasn't a Dark Knight Rises panel. So last year, which I think was dominated by all the superhero and comic book movies that we that have since come out this summer, you know, last year was Captain America and Green Lantern and yeah. Cowboys and Aliens. And here are your Avengers. I mean, they yeah. Uh, they, well, because they, they have Thor. They already had Thor and Cap throwing in a couple extra guys. You know. Yeah. I mean, all that big. Yeah, there was so much of that last year, but uh, but to me, the, the, and I, I didn't see this, uh, except I saw it on YouTube, which was great that that was the other experience of this convention is you didn't have to go to the convention because pretty much anything cool <laughs> was on YouTube or, you know, well, like, like the, the, the an years, yeah. yeah, Andrew Garfield, but Andrew Garfield's speech in, in Spider-Man, I, 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 all I can say is I love our new Spider-Man, you know. Wait, the speech out of the trailer or there's something else that happened? Oh, you didn't see what Andrew Garfield did? No. Oh, 
Uh, I've been busy actually updating wow. and transcribing my own I, take, this, my this, own this, audio. The, the, the clip has been uh, you know everywhere. I, I happen to see it on Friday. I was actually looking at it in the hotel at the con. What seemed to be about five minutes after it happened. I don't know exactly what day he did the. Um, I presume that panel was Friday. Maybe I think it was Friday. Yeah. So Friday afternoon, I was watching this, and it almost felt like it was live. Wait a minute. By the way, when Reese Ethens killed a man at the panel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted a well I wouldn't use the British term but he just wanted to have a cigarette you know? uh, no apparently I actually read no he did it was a misdemeanor assault he, he, oh he did yeah he, he shoved a security guard uh, uh, so uh, regardless yes he did just want to have a cigarette perhaps yes. is why but uh, anyway well, so I missed that panel entirely I did not know there was a video speech so tell me oh it was, it was wonderful it was it was the, the, the panel opens and there's a standing microphone in the audience and this guy in a really bad kind of homemade Spider-Man costume with this oversized mask and t-shirt runs up and says Oh my God, I'm so excited to be here. This is my first Comic-Con. I'm the biggest Spider-Man fan ever. I never thought I would be at the Spider-Man movie panel. This is so, um, you know, this is so great. This is so great. I can't, I can't believe it. Takes off the mask and it's Andrew Garfield. And he proceeds to read the most heartfelt speech that I've ever heard about Spider-Man. I mean, it's sometimes wow. you hear, you sometimes hear someone say this kind of stuff maybe about, you know, Superman or certainly it's what they, like, Joe Michael Straczynski tried to address, you know, with his grounded storyline, this idea of how Superman touches our lives, which yes. I think was a, you know, if I can get a little, you know, fancy schmancy, a metaphor for how in the real world, you know, we as re comics readers, how Superman touches our lives. And well, no, absolutely. And when Superman glowed the throw, I, I wept. Right. You know, right. <laughs> so anyway, but back to Andrew but, Garfield. But, but Andrew Garfield was putting in the context for Spider-Man that I, I hadn't really heard before, and it, was, and it was beautiful about how, you know, for all the scrawny kids who, you know, were picked on and made fun of and had bullies and had their own Flash Thompsons and, you know, that, but, but to have, have that belief that, you have, that there's some way to tap into your special powers and, you know, you know he just kept saying, you know, Spider-Man saved my life, Spider-Man saved my life. And he's either, you know, the greatest actor in the world or, you know, uh, and I think he is pretty good, um, or, you know, it was incredibly, you know, sincere, but it was this, re it was this really great moment of going why would anybody question this guy's you know playing yeah. spider-man because he just he just really you know certainly one i think really you know was making the effort to win people over but he certainly did that it was it was, it was very humble and very emotional and i think you know in the first three spider-man movies i think one of the things that certainly got lost by the third one was that emotional context of you know with great power comes great responsibility mm -hmm. and how you know, it is easy to kind of go, hey, I've got powers, I'm going to beat up people for fun yeah. and money and know you, there's a greater purpose, you know. So uh, so it, it certainly even allayed my fears about the idea that we're sort of going back to doing a little bit of a origin story again, because I'm tired of origin stories. I know the origin. I know how he became mm -hmm. Spider-Man. You know how he became Spider-Man. But, um, but that, yeah, you should look that up, and I recommend everyone look that up, because that was really quite the powerful moment. Yeah, I, I would say out of that, what you described to me and everything I've read interviewed with him is the other thing is that he's fans can tell when someone actually likes being there and right. it's the real deal right you know and I think it's the one one smart thing that say like Chris Evans has done Chris Evans showed up to do something with the military he was at the sc first screening of Captain right. America um, but he's been honest about not actually being a comic reader Right. Not tried to claim to be, right. as I've 
uh, some people like Tobey Maguire see you know claim to be, and then it wasn't until about issue about issue three about the third <laughs> movie about the third movie that he could truly talk the talk right because he'd done that he'd been doing all the research right right you know and so you can tell that's a that's a big uh, you know it, it's nice to hear Andrew Garfield is almost almost one of us. Uh, it was, I mean, he, he knew what he was, I mean, it, it was more that he was, what was interesting, again, whether he's, you know, I mean, it's not like he swore on a Bible that he's been collecting Spider-Man yeah. <laughs> as much as it was. But, it's but coming, though. We're going to make him take it out. <laughs> we, have, we have the test. We have the list. On an amazing test. fantasy number 15. There, there's actually, there's going to be a, 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 a urine test available in stores that you can, you know, you can, you can take a test. You have, you have the drug test, they have the pregnancy test. Yeah. This is going to be like the, 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 the home geek test. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you can really see if someone actually is, is a geek or if they're just, you know, if they can pretending. take this test without having to read the instructions, <laughs> you're a geek. <laughs> but I, I, I think, you know, like I said, I think it was more the idea that some, also someone just being as overwhelmed, someone realizing that there's a responsibility. And I would say that was one of the things, you know, mm-hmm. good or bad about, you know, um, you know, say Michael Keaton as Batman. Mm-hmm. Michael Keaton as, is an actor, so being offered Bruce Wayne and Batman his response was always, well, it's just another, you know, it always seemed to be, well, it's just another role. Mm-hmm. He never seemed to kind of embrace the idea that, no, man, you're, you, you know, if you're Batman, you got to, mm-hmm. you know, not, again, you don't have to be know all the comics, it's, but you have to recognize that other people have been living with Batman mm-hmm. for years and years and years to, to just kind of come in and go, well, I, you know, I think I can play it this way or that way. Mm-hmm. Hey, to be fair, I don't, I don't think that there was that much, that the fandom... Well, I should say because it was almost pre-internet or the early days of the internet. It was when Batman came out. Right. Um, it wasn't as well organized. Let's say the, the yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't or you know, wouldn't gather as a huge gestalt and uh, right. You know. Right. I don't know if Michael Keaton even ever did a Comic Con. I mean, even just and, and I mean, I mean, I may be sort of just using an, you know yeah. a you know a no, a, but a, but it is a good point. I mean, it, it, it is now they all the, anybody gets cast. I mean, there's speculation, there's movement, there's everybody right. complain, you know, and and uh, and so yeah, they have to face the beast that is fandom. Right. Well, I mean, you have to acknowledge that you know, and but they're also saying you know, I mean, all the you know, a lot of the, the the Monday morning quarterbacking is you know, like Sp- Scott Pilgrim, for example, last year. The Sc- I'm sure we were talking about it on the podcast. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim. Well, nobody, you know, nobody showed up. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, if I, you know, um, so you know, it, it, so raising the question of how much, how much do you have to play to fandom without playing to them so much that you you alienate the rest of the world, or uh, making sure you still include the rest of the world. Yeah, and, and I, I think no, no one is going to get rich figuring out honestly how you how you strike that balance. Because I would say, I mean, you know, I mean, because Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is an example, which I brought up on the uh, radio show Saturday night, and thank you again for getting oh, that yeah. connection with uh, Mark Germain and Red Eye Radio, so I'll do a little shout-out to that. Um, that uh, and nightly on talkradio1.com. Okay. <laughs> thank you. I love Mark Germain. Well, we're going to make that. I mean, he's almost like a sponsor. The guy said, you know, me on for 15 minutes. Um, is, you know, I used to say, like, when... Um, when the Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow tanked, it was like, well, it wasn't really a good movie, so that made sense right. to me that that tanked. 
Scott Pilgrim was a good movie, so it's easy to not only sell to fandom, but fandom at Comic-Con went, Sky Captain, Sky Captain, that would look awesome. Right. But last year they were all saying the same thing about Sucker Punch. Uh, Sucker Punch looked awesome, and it's an interesting collection of visuals that doesn't add up to a story that makes any sense. So right. it makes sense why that did not do well. Scott Pilgrim's a good movie. So when the studio sees fans are going nuts over it, they've seen the whole thing, they've gone, they've gone right. nuts, it's easy to say, yeah, everybody's going to get into this. Right, because cause people were responding more to the whole movie. They weren't just responding to, and because there were screenings and things like that with Scott Pilgrim. And I'd still, and I'd say even like with the Green with Green Lantern, huge fandom response yeah. last year. But that's not why Green Lantern tanked. And I don't know what makes the difference in when you did Thor, and why would anybody know Thor over Green Lantern? Right. Everybody showed up for that. Nobody showed up for Green Lantern. Or some did. But it was not. Yeah, you know, and I, I think statistically, I mean, I'll, I'll put on. And I'll my, say Thor. I'll put on my former studio executive hat for for a second. And statistically, I mean, a lot. Of, I mean, even you know, the, there was kind of like this decimal, uh, you know, decimal moving after the Captain America opening because Paramount really wanted to say it beat Thor and was the number one mm-hmm. superhero of the summer. Ultimately, it wasn't. I mean, you know, it, you know, it came in a few points behind Thor. But it did better at the midnight, you know. I mean, all these indicators that they try and have. Why does one movie do better at midnight than another? Well, we used to have a thing we called, um, uh, they called it concert movie phenomenon, you know, which was sort of like, like, like uh, an event movie. It's sort of what happened with Harry Potter. Harry Potter had this huge opening. Well, that's because the people who wanted to, it was front-loaded, and mm-hmm. the whole business has become front-loaded, but it used to be only a few movies were front-loaded. Mm-hmm. Everybody who wanted to see Harry Potter Part 2 had been waiting so long that as many as possible showed up that first weekend. So that's why you go mm-hmm. to have, and you have like a 60 or 70% drop the following weekend right. because the demand is, is met. It used to be you couldn't get into a theater, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it used to be that, um, I was thinking, um, you're, you're, we don't have to turn over a tape anymore, right? No, we don't. <laughs> I just to make sure my batteries were good. So, okay. Oh, good, okay. Um, the uh, you know it used to be you know Ghost made ten million its first weekend and over a year made two hundred million. I mean it did twenty times its opening weekend. Right. Movies don't do that anymore. No. You know even the biggest hit makes you know fifty percent or you know of its money its you know its opening its opening weekend and statistically the numbers between. I think I, I think Green Lantern had different expectations, and I think that's why it's seen as more of a, a you know you know not living up to those expectations. But Green Lantern, Thor, Captain America, X Men, statistically, they're all in the same range. I don't know that the you know budgets may have been different. There may have been a bigger budget for Green Lantern again, which puts a different expectation on it. Um, you know, and and they're you know and, and you know critically they got different you know. Um, uh, you know, different responses, but the fact is, none of them came close to doing what Iron Man did. You know, and, mm-hmm. and 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 I think that's the standard that none of them met. So to make it a fight just between these four movies, mm-hmm. um, you know, which one did two million dollars better than the other one in its opening weekend, is kind of I think missing the bigger picture that Iron Man set a bar. You know, Dark Knight set a you know mm-hmm. set, set a bar, a very um, bar yeah. but Iron Man set a bar for a character that people were not, again man on the street did not know. Oh, I remember Tony Stark went to Vietnam, got shot with a bullet, and you know got shot with shrapnel and became Iron Man. I know that. 
you know, and he swore on his parents' grave that he would, you know, you know, a piece of iron flew through the window, and he declared he would become Iron Man. Uh, and you know, Thor is the same. Thor they reimagined. Green Lantern, I think, had has so much story, and you know, and, and I enjoyed it a lot. It was the mo- out of all the comic book movies I've seen this summer, it was the one that made me feel like you know, where I kept going, oh, I know what that is. I know what that yeah, is. I know what that is. But sometimes I also feel that may have been too much. I felt that was it was overloaded with the for the mm-hmm. the the walk-in person because the basic premise of a guy gets a ring that can do all these great things sh- should be a movie that you'd be able to sell to the mainstream mm-hmm. audience. But I but you know maybe it it, it seems to um, seems to like I mean too much story is sort of mm-hmm. a weird thing to say but it was too much mythology maybe? yeah it's, it's it's simply Aladdin I mean it was started that yeah. way and uh, so maybe we'll get a Johnny Thunder movie <laughs> and it'll do that right uh, <laughs> or Shazam or uh, well yeah Johnny oh. Thunder I guess is more just oh but yeah Aladdin and the but, genie. but don't tell me with Shazam I want Shazam so badly but I hear that's not, not well, one of the uh, things yeah the, the flat you know, I don't know if this is a, I know you have uh, I keep thinking. Because they brought up that Captain Thunder thing in Flashpoint, and we haven't seen, we haven't heard about Shazam coming out for, you know, mm-hmm. in the first wave, as it is, of, right. of DC, the new 52. And it's one of those things where I do wonder if they could, by introducing the idea of Captain Thunder, which was in the 70s when I was growing up and reading DC Comics, they did a, they didn't actually want to do Superman meets Captain Marvel yet, and so they drew in a character called Captain Thunder who was very who was very much a Earth mm-hmm. One parallel to uh to Captain, Marvel. to Captain Marvel. He was a little kid who said Thunder and got turned you know, he had like a sunburst instead of a mm-hmm. uh, 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 I vaguely remember that. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a sort of common cover you would see. They're kinda of coming at each other and certainly they want you to think it's 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 Captain Marvel. It was it was a pastiche. It was a yeah. you know you know, maybe it was a test to see if that would work in the. Well, and that was the character's original name. I have to do the. Oh. I have to do the Zorlak moments. Oh. I'm sorry. Yes, that was. <laughs> it was Captain Thunder in the Wiz Comics number one, the well, Ashcan. Well, there so, you go. See. Uh, so. Then I mean I think if that's the case, then historically they should probably go. Let's just make it Captain Thunder. We don't have to deal with the the Marvel trademark issue anymore, and they can market the character instead of doing the thing of calling, calling always having to calling the book Shazam. Yeah, you know. maybe. I just yeah. I suppose it, I think that seventy years of calling a character Captain Marvel may it may it's just too ingrained. I, but but it's going to create. But I mean, it, when you see the toy, but they can't release a toy called Captain Marvel. So that's what I'm saying. That's why it's going to yeah. become a problem for a movie. You're you're right. I mean, that's always a pr- you know, and 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 on a on a. I mean, again, this is all like inside baseball kind of stuff. But just like on a mark on a Target Walmart level. Trying to explain to them, so the character's called Shazam. So the character's called Captain Marvel. We don't have the rights to that name. Yeah. So that's it's why so the toy says so Shazam. It's, it's, so, yeah, so we no longer say it's flyover country. Is it Walmart country? Is that who we are aiming at, the Walmart shopper? Sure. That's why half the reason they make those toys, because those toys are sold at such a deep discount at those stores, they flood the market with those toys because the toys are advertising. You know, yeah. a kid walks down the aisle and suddenly he's seeing all these Green Lantern members that he didn't know, he's seeing Thor yeah. toys, he's seeing, you know, you want, there's a Red Skull toy, you know, I mean, is that really something that I ever, ages three and up, the Red Skull, I never thought I would see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
I haven't seen my seven-year-old reaction to that, but I, you know, definitely the Green Lantern will boy hit. You know, I, right. I spent seven bucks getting the mask and the power ring, and that was the best uh, money I've spent sure. all year long. Yeah, because <laughs> for three days he was that he was Hal Jordan, right. no question. And his grandmother kept calling him the Green Hornet, and uh, so that was another and problem. And you know, with that, it. <laughs> I swear to God, I, that's one of the things I don't understand because it's sort of if you're if you are a member of the tribe of Zorlak, uh, you <laughs> we are a fantastic tribe. <laughs> you know, saying someone confusing Green Hornet and Green Lantern is like confusing, you know, the New York Jets with the New York Yankees. It's like the team, the you know, the, the the teams are playing such a you know, it's like confusing baseball and football to sort of go. Green no, they're nothing alike. But I am but going to tell athletes that when they going to get <laughs> when they give that to me. Thank you. I finally have an argument back. But but Green Hornet. <laughs> but 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 I. But for the last year and a half, I've had friends who say to me, "So you're looking forward to? So Ryan Reynolds is going to be the Green Hornet?" I mean, they were just like confusing. They could, before the Green Hornet came out, they just couldn't keep it straight. Well, my favorite was uh, there was a controver- brief controversy that some. It's, there was an opening. Somebody talked to a talent agent about Blake Lively, and they said, and it was like back in February, and, they, yeah. and the guy said, well, if I were her agent, I'd do this, because, you know, there's such a stink around Green Lantern, uh, and no one had uh, seen it. Or no one had seen it or even said anything. Yeah. You know, and I realized, I, I feel like I was the only vo- voice in the wilderness saying, oh, he confused it with Green Hornet because right. everybody said that was bad and which I think that was un- un- underrated but you know that's uh, I enjoyed it well enough but but it was a big confusion where people sure. I even up till June was arguing with him no what's my that's Hornet my has the car <laughs> so well, Green Hornet had a car in this movie Green Lantern had a car Green, Green Lantern, I mean. <laughs> you get it out oh no, no banished you're going. You're going to the bungalow I, I, at the I edge of the village. I'm wondering also <laughs> if green is not a good color for movies because Green Hornet didn't do well. Green Lantern, you know, people. So we're just not going to see the Green Hulk. Llama. We're just not going to see the Green Llama out of the here. Green Llama could be the one that saves us all. <laughs> the Hulk. You're right, uh, but I don't know. I. They don't get greener than that. They don't, but the TV show was... The TV show was great. Maybe TV is the right place. Green Green Lantern's going to be on TV. Green Hornet had a successful TV. Green for TV. You know, it's like George Carlin, you know, there's no blue food. This is like there's, you know, there's no green superhero movies. Okay, okay. (laughs) Just green TV shows. All right. Okay. (laughs) So let's talk about some other things that have come out as a result, well, before the con, but these are things that I think affect the the year. Um, The New 52, certainly affecting you as a retailer, a concern. Um, And when we say the New 52, for those that don't listen regularly, I don't know who you are, but okay, uh, is... uh, Fifty in September. Well, I guess fifty-one because August thirty-first is the right. first of the fifty-two Justice League, just Justice League, right? Not Justice League, League Flashpoint five, which is obviously its own thing, and Justice League one are the only two DC comics coming out that day. Okay, August thirty-first, and then in September we get a wave of fifty-one right. other books. So f- essentially, if we'll include August thirty-first, fifty-two new number ones coming out from DC comics. New series, yeah, entirely new series. series. Um, New creative teams, the whole works. Yeah, a lot of new revive, a lot of new characters to the DCU, a lot of revived characters uh, to the DCU. I mean, it's very exciting, you know, to me because you know what DC's wanted to do is get people excited again, um, and I think that is 
you know, that is an important thing to do, and if, you know, this is the way they, they took to do it. Regardless of the number ones, to me it's about, you know, creative teams. You're on the high end, you know, you tell people, you know, Jim Lee and Jeff Johns are doing Justice League, or, you know, anytime Grant Morrison is writing Superman, I'm, I'm the first one in line. Uh, Scott Snyder, who's Dick Grayson Batman, has been fantastic, you know. And again, even those detective stories aren't even specifically, you know, you know as, you know, they're Batman stories, you know. Mm-hmm. What, you know so, so him doing, him moving to Batman and, 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 uh, and doing that, I mean, you've got great people, you know, Brian Azzarello doing Wonder Woman, which I'll admit seems like an odd match, but I hear people getting excited. Um, with uh, Cliff Chang? With Cliff Chang, the art looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and people and a fantastic controversy over what, what, what her legs look like. Is she, does she have leggings or jeggings or not? Is, 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 is or question. Jenkins, as uh, <laughs> Rick Breschneider called them. Uh, <laughs> no, that's Paul Jenkins on Dark Knight. Oh, okay, 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 great, okay. Um, but so you've got these, you know, these, these, you know, these top-notch creators tackling all the major characters, you know, uh, at the same time. You know, Green Lantern continuing, you know, with Jeff and Francis Manipool doing um, Flash writing and drawing, and he seems he's got some really cool ideas. So you've got that going on, but you've also got, hey, a return to diversifying, mm-hmm. you know, the universe a bit, bringing back. Uh, we were talking about like, you know, you know, search for Swamp Thing. Well, I think. I think what that brightest day storyline did was to create a bridge between like all those cool supernatural characters from DC that had been kind of relegated to the Vertigo universe, mm-hmm. yet at the same time weren't really being used. You right. know, um, I mean, except for Hellblazer, there really hasn't been uh, there hasn't been a well, Swamp Thing well, series and in a and while. The question I might ask with that—that's a perfect example of John Constantine. Yeah, is going to exist both ways, right? There'll still be a Vertigo. Because when we talk about the New 52, it's not that Vertigo disappears for a month. No, all the, that, that, that's also one of the things that I think was, uh, I mean, I was doing the, the order this week, so I can confirm for people who just, you know, don't necessarily look at the previews catalog. You don't have to. But yeah, the, the I mean, Fables and all those other books are still coming out that month. I mean, there's mm-hmm. 50, it's like DCU 52, but then you right. have the kids stuff and you have, right. if there's any you know, and video so game based stuff and there's new Vertigo stuff. And so I feel like they're finally waking up to what I thought was, you know, silly for years, that separation of the supernatural and Vertigo. Right. And DC is, no kid is going to buy the Vertigo book, or should. Right. A responsible retailer isn't going to let that happen. Right. You know, let a seven-year-old buy Hellblazer. But, um, but as a kid, what made me love, you know, allowed me to grow up and love Alan Moore's run on Swamp right. Thing and Vertigo was that uh, you'd have Brave and the Bold, and there was Swamp Thing with, with Batman. Yeah. And, um, and so... Bob Haney made Swamp Thing talk more in a single issue than he ever did in, in the entire run of his series. Someone didn't tell him Swamp Thing, it really hurts him to talk. Well, you know what I say, Brave and the Bold, is it's completely its own self-contained the, the continuity. The Haneyverse, yeah. The Haneyverse, and I love the Haneyverse. I, I, I still, I, maybe I should go by your store because I think I need one more showcase. I, you know, oh, yeah, there's like about, three volumes or so. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, then I need two more. I have, yeah. I have the first one, and I love reading them because of just that bizarre thing, like, like randomly Batman will say, here's my oldest friend, and their best friend is Batman and a civilian. 
Right. And you've never heard of this guy before. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you never will again. Oh, yeah. Uh, or a rival for, you know, for a, a, a Wayne Tech rival yeah. that, you know, they've been there for years yes. and you only see them in Brave and Bold in one story. Um, but they had a continuity. I mean, it was a... It, yeah, well... Which was odd. There, there's an article. I mean, this is why I love, like, Alter Ego and Back Issue. And I think it's more Back Issue that would do these kinds of things. And they did a great tribute to, to, to Bob Haney. And they did an article basically go... That you know, or may have been Mr. Uh, may have been Mr. Silver Age in Comics Buyer's Guide. I want to give correct attribution, but someone did an article of like Bob Haney's greatest. You know, I'm not paying attention. I don't care what yeah. things that, you know about Earth One and Earth Two, basically. Yes. And it was things like you know, it was um, the Sergeant Rock timeline, which didn't really make sense. How Sergeant Rock, you know, seemed yeah. to be sort of in his 40s and meeting Batman, yet he fought in World War II, you know, in the 70s, you know, it just, yeah. and Wildcat was somehow, yeah, one of Batman's oldest and dearest friends. There was no Earth One Wildcat, yeah. you know, um, you know, so just things like that, but you know what, but those stories that had Wildcat in them, I didn't know that at the time. Right, right. Um, or, you know, when Batman would meet the Spectre, there was no Earth One Spectre in the, you know, official Julius Schwartz right, right. universe. Because even the time. solo book was and here's where the Zorlax stuff comes out. Even the solo book was firmly set in Earth 2. Right. And, and alone in being, I think at the time, the book that was set in Earth 2. It, it, was, it was set in Earth 2, but it was really set in a world, but, but there were no other... But he never met another superhero in that book either. Like in the, yeah, in the yeah, Michael Fleischer, you know, if you're talking about like... The oh, Michael the back Fleischer, when he was in the Weird Adventure, Adventure yeah. Weird Adventure comics, it was, you know, maybe the 60s one was, came out of came out of that but but really except for those like trial runs where they you know did Brave and Bold with like Starman and Black yeah. Canary and yeah. you know uh, you didn't really see any uh, if there was a Spectre story and it was ostensibly on Earth 2 there was no yeah. notation that it was Earth 2 and there was no um, I just like saying Earth 2 <laughs> yes so obviously uh, it, but, but it, it rings a bell uh, <laughs> but where, where did it where well what we were saying was it brings it, that we're bringing so that there's going to be two versions of Swamp Thing there's going to be one that could conceivably be doing dark horror in the Vertigo books you could you could have I don't think there's but I, I think I think Hellblazer theoretically yes you're right that's still a Vertigo title and obviously they're using John Constantine he in the search of Justice, for Swamp Thing and he's in Justice League oh, Dark. Justice League Dark I mean yes if you want to dance on the head of a pin you know that, that that's that's going to be well, but I'm fine you know but I'm but that, that's, that. no that's going to be a question of, for John Constantine I don't think you're going to get a Swamp Thing DC series and a Swamp Thing Vertigo series I think in Vertigo I think in in Justice League Dark John Constantine will meet you know, villains and heroes in, you know, mm -hmm. DCU things. I don't think there's going to be any DCU stuff in the regular... Hellblazer book. Hellblazer No, I don't think there will yeah. be. And that's the thing. We can, ha we can have two versions of that character. Right. Because we do that all the time. I right. mean, I, I certainly... I read... Well, even... I mean, you know, even any book. I mean, can you... Re you know, it's always that thing of, you know, uh, can you justify all the things that happened to Batman or Only Superman Only if you're Grant Morrison. Right. Yeah, who had, but you know. Right, and, but it's still a philosophy. It's yes. a philosophy that everything, I, and I love that philosophy, yeah. that somehow everything has happened, even if you attribute some of it to crazy experimental drug trips. Well, you know? I, well and he's got cognitive dissonance. The fact that ba my still favorite moment ever written by Grant Morrison is the uh, JLA classified number one, where he says, Alfred, take me to the science fiction room. And that's where he keeps his robot duplicates. Right, right. right. That, oh, you don't need on a daily basis, but, right. you know, but you never Batman know. is so compartmentalized. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. no, and then they kind of borrowed that for, for um, 
uh, Raven Bold, you know, the cartoon yeah. show. I mean, they, yeah. they, they borrowed that idea that all this stuff has happened, and any time... I, I am time so tragically behind on that. And well, I don't think there's been one for a new one for, for but months. But I just heard that uh, the last episode will be um, Batman and Space Ghost teaming up, and I have no idea how that's going to happen. Well, it, doesn't, I, it doesn't need a justification. I just know I really want to watch that. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, will they have to explain it? Will he get zapped into a TV and they'll make it a, a meta? Well, Batman Bat justified yeah. the uh, Batman-Scooby-Doo team-up. They true. put that in continuity. So, or, yeah, they, I can't believe I'm talking about that cartoon continuity, but you know, <laughs> there really is. Because, you know, Fred and Daphne are sitting around going, wait a minute, is that Abaddon? So I think we were talking about the new 52. <laughs> but I was, but, yes, we but more the idea that some of those books... And I think where Vertigo did get too segregated was the things that were delightful about Al Alan Moore's Swamp Thing and Grant Morrison's Animal Man is that the roots were in the DCU and it was putting that different spin, you know. And even the, I mean, it gets, it's a little dark for my taste, but even like when the Cuberts and I forget who wrote it, did they write the uh, Adam Strange? Um, I don't remember who wrote that. I don't think that was you know, Cooper, but it was built off of what Alan Moore had done. But it was Swamp built. Thing. It was it was a spinoff from the, the Swamp Thing thing. So that sort of began the the Vertigo thing. But they were from. But you needed having the base in the DCU mm -hmm. stuff was kind of important. Um, and then Vertigo got into all sorts of new different concepts, which I think is great too. I mean, I, I don't know, you know. So, but but to if you want to have. But I think it kind of killed off those books like Animal Man because they became farther and farther. And if Animal Man could never meet... It, it got too... You know, Animal Man got too dark. Green and, and it does seem like that one... Is that Jeff Lemire writing... Jeff Lemire, Lemire is uh, writing Animal Man. Animal Man. And Scott Snyder Scott is Snyder's doing Swamp, Swamp Thing. Thing. Scott Snyder, again, is an amazing so, writer. So Swamp Thing seems to be moving forward like from what the search for Swamp Thing is. And Animal Man seems to actually be moving back from what... It, Taking it back to the he's the you know what to what Graham Morrison was doing, yeah. He's got the family now. Maxine, the little girl, is going right. to start to show powers, right? But it's it's almost like right before the Vertigo split, boom! This is what should have happened. Yeah, it does seem he's sort of good. well, you know. I mean, Graham Morrison's. I mean, you know, and again a plug, you know. And I, I I've sort of asked DC for a. You know, of all the you know of all the omnibuy you could do, I've asked for Grant Morrison because it's always hard getting people to buy like three books. Yeah. You know, but if I had a Grant Morrison Animal Man omnibus, all 25 issues, and in one in one book, I'm going to say right now, my I, I hate you because I I have all three trade paperbacks, and if they gave an omnibus, I'd have buy to buy it. it. Exactly. <laughs> so. Well, you know, I mean, that's that, that's that's sort of again, and that's you know, if that's the only way we can kind of you know print can kind of survive, you know, against digital is by offering cooler options. Because it, you know, because you know. Well, then that that leads to the next okay. thing, we, you know, which is that part of the new Fifty Two is that all those issues are going day and date. I haven't heard that publication. Oh, are you, are you sure that. about that? That's what they say. Are you sure? I am positive. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I say this not for you, Carl. Why I is say it day and date? Why isn't it just day? day. Or why isn't it just same, date? Okay, same day. Because I I don't know. Uh, I've, been, I've actually been trying to because it's actually a phrase from theatrical distribution. Yeah, right. And I think that's and, what they and and I'm it. trying and I've tried. You'd think you know with the, the the Google Web you'd be able to find an etymology of 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 the word and 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 you can't. And my best guess, I don't know if this makes a lot of sense. I think it has to do because of international territories. Sometimes the same day wasn't the same date. Right. Okay. So I think that the idea. Okay. Is that it's day and date? That it's Tuesday. That means we're we're you know we're opening Friday, 
June, July 29th everywhere. So it's day and date. It's not just July right. 29th because July 29th actually might be. Well, I guess it's not a Thursday anywhere. But some. I mean, somehow that's the idea: the day and the date. Friday, July 29th. All right. So now the, way <laughs> the point is. Same day. Okay. Can we, can we say that? <laughs> I was trying to say, okay. Yeah. My second, my, my, really, you don't want to talk about theatrical distribution? I do. It's, I, look, I, I, I here's, love that. Here's what I hope. I hope DC Comics, and in their infinite wisdom, is absolutely right, and that digital day and date is the most effective way for bringing new readers and new eyes to Superman, Batman, the Justice League, Animal Man, Swamp Thing, sure. Red Hood, etc., etc., etc. Um... I, I, I do want that to be the case, and because otherwise the danger is that all we wind up doing is moving people who are reading print comics over to reading digital comics, and you've moved the purchasing mm -hmm. around, but you haven't really broadened the audience. So, but their but their their stated goal is not simply to convert print readers to digital readers, but to uh, to be, um, you know, again, to, 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 to make it a bigger thing. And look, like we were talking about with Animal Man, I'm someone, I own, I mean, I own, you know how many versions of Planetary? I own the comics, I got the trade paperbacks, they had, the, I think the, or no, Astro City had the hardcovers that came out after the paperbacks, so that's a case where I had paperbacks and then hardcovers, because I needed the hardcover, and then if there's an absolute, and then if there's a, you know, mm -hmm. blah -de blah um, and in terms of other media, Mad Men, you know, is my favorite TV show. Yes, I've, I've watched it for free, quote unquote, on you know, on my Direct mm -hmm. TV. But then I bought the DVDs so I can have them at my leisure. And you've had a lot of scotch, right? And I've had a lot of scotch. Uh, yeah. Uh, and a lot of steak. Okay. To go with the scotch. <laughs> um, and and a lot of cigarettes. And but I also have you know uh, um, you know, but I have also for convenience. Bought bought hard HD digital copies so I could watch it on a on a flight. Mm -hmm. uh, I watched Mad Men on a, a flight I was on recently, um, and you know, and Elvis Costello. How many times have I bought My Aim Is True? I mean, again, you know, if they if they came out with a 12 foot high compact disc, well, I guess it wouldn't be a compact disc <laughs> of My Aim Is True. You know, just yeah. just collector's edition, uncompacted, uh, yeah. the uncompacted disc. I would go. Well, I'd have to have it because yeah. I have, have every you're the hardware collector, but we're trying. We let's assume they're trying to get in the person that isn't the hardcore collector, the the hardcore fan. Well, I think that's why they're why that was the. I mean, again, my Monday morning quarterbacking. I think that's the idea behind the number ones because the number ones are much more inviting. One of my I don't like to give a lot of sales tips to digital comics, but one of the sales tips I have given over the over the years mm -hmm. is, guys, it's Hush Chapter One, not Batman Six Hundred Eight, because if you're a newbie. Right, and you're just flipping onto your, you know, right. digital comics provider. You know, it means nothing. You know, right. I mean, you know, uh, to to. Uh, so they need to retitle. They need to retitle and, and be honest about what the content right. is. It's like when the trade paperback comes out, they don't call it Batman six hundred eight to six six right. six thirteen. It's the Hush Saga or whatever it's, they're it's calling hush it. Chapter, you know, it's Hush Part One. Or it's the yeah, hush. Le yeah, the Legion of Superheroes has the Great Darkness Saga because right. no one's going. What issues were those? Exactly, you know? but when it's re if they, re I don't know if they did, but if they released that digitally, it would be you know Legion of Superheroes two ninety four, whatever you yeah. know, the numbering was at the time. So how I, I think I think that's so number one. I think actually is a good way to start mm -hmm. the follow up for DC. And again, having not having only read you know the preview book that came out last week, which I thought was a good starter 
Culture. Um, you know, the, the sampler. We just had four pages of and it, well, Justice League, and then, Justice and then breakdown of each title. Yeah. I, yeah, I haven't broken that down yet. I want to do that for the but, site. But yeah. even just you know, to give you know Jeff and Jim their 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 due credit, those six pages of 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 Justice League number one are the first part of a story that makes you want to read more. It's cops are after you know a character that you know and love, and then that character meets another character you know and love, and they're meeting for the first time. It was a believable and first meeting. Exactly. I, and it was a good choice to put, you know, obviously then Batman and Green Lantern, yeah. which I, I believe are also the two characters that are kind of the least touched, other than a costume redesign. Uh, yes, that's, as, that's... As far as continuity, because they were doing the best right. as titles. Yeah, that's what, what, what DC has said, and I think sort of, you know... Obviously, the stories evolve, and there are changes because we're going to get back to having one Batman. Um, Which you know, spoiler that, alert that for War of the Green. You know, yeah. are, you know, there's there's status quo changes. I'll say that right. that's not really a spoiler in Green Green right. Lantern. Which, if you look online hard enough, that status quo has been it, spoiled. But right. but I'm not going to do it here. Right. You know? No, in the comic, in the yeah. last comic of Green Lantern, the last War of the Green Lanterns came out a couple weeks ago, and so the story's out there too. Oh, so. Okay. Okay. So, so that one part of the story. You tell I'm behind it on, on that, so yeah. I, I don't I don't know. What but I still you know I don't know you know people should 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 read it. I mean if you know what I'm talking about you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, right. I don't need to spoil it. So how you. do you uh, as uh, Doctor as Who is the new Green Lantern? <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. Damn it! They the is green now. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that would get me to read. Uh, <laughs> um. So how do you, as a retailer, I guess the question, maybe not to get too deep because we've gotten deep into the digital, is, okay, the fear is you're going to convert already existing customers into digital readers. How do, what, what, what does, what does the, the print have to do to get digital readers, new digital readers, and convert them to be print customers? Well, I think like the bookstores. You know, a lot of people were nervous when, you know, when trade paperbacks came in and they thought that would take away business from comic shops and move it to bookstores. The, the, the bottom line is, what's partially appealing about reading comics is not just the reading of the comics. Most people do not read comics in isolation booths and never talk about them. You know, the internet right. wouldn't exist, right? You know, right. If, if people did that. Um, so having, so where shops continue to have a role is, I mean, being sort of the, 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 the center for mm -hmm. the comic culture, uh, for having different products and related products that aren't digital products. I mean, having things like, you know, magnets and buttons and action figures and T-shirts and things that, you know, if you're looking for a Superman T-shirt, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna find it at your local comic shop more quickly, you know, uh, to satisfy that desire. Mm -hmm. You know, as opposed to, you know, going mail order or something, right. something like that. Um, you know, so there's diversification of of, of, of product. DC is giving us a lot of product to sell, and a lot of it looks really cool. So, you know, so there is still the thing of getting people in. So the the customers who want to come to shops are going to have more choices, and might, you know, we hope broaden their, you know, what they well, want to read. Yeah, and so what's already happening in and has been happening with retailers for a long time is, yeah, the concept of the comics shop isn't about the books so much as the properties, right. the IPs. Right. Yeah, okay, and that's a... And that's well, if you're, yeah, I mean, in terms of the superhero orientation and related things, we carry more books now. We mm -hmm. carry, you know, we carry the, you know, the new um, George R. R. Martin novel came out. Well, we carry that. It's a prose novel, but we carry that because our local borders don't exist anymore. Yeah. And that's a customer base. You know, we carry Joe Hill's books. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, because again, people who like lock and key want to read a Joe Hill novel. Right, right. Um, you know, we carry one of my you know favorite novels of all time. Soon I will be invincible. Uh, which is a very logical crossover. Yeah, right. which you know, which is you know, uh, you know, half told from the point of view of a villain named Doctor Impossible, who I still wonder if there's some sort of backstory with Brad Meltzer because simultaneously Brad Meltzer introduced Doctor Impossible in the Justice League, mm-hmm. so I've been a- not able to find any connection between Brad Meltzer and this other author. You know, wondering at one time is this a pseudonym? But no, the guy who wrote Soon I Will Be Invincible is a real guy. <laughs> Have you asked Brad? No, I guess I, 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 I could just send him an email or something. Yeah, you probably should. Let's find out. Well, that'd be a great mystery unless you believe there's a conspiracy. I, I, but, I thought I, you know, but I thought someone else would have already asked it, so that's why I do my, yes. you know, you know, you know and, yeah. and maybe I don't want to know. Maybe okay. he'd have to kill me. <laughs> uh, um, and then you show up on his History Channel show. But, you know, I think there's other ways for, you know, certain stores I know, you know, do, you know, uh, you know there's just my, my friend uh, Ben, who's a star clipper in St. Louis, he was on the news this morning because they have a gallery in their store, but they built a live-action Angry Birds gallery where they've got the live, live the Angry Birds plush figures that uh-huh. they sell, but they, bu- they have a big room, big narrow room. They built a slingshot and boxes, and you can set up your pigs and then take your Angry Bird stuff and try and knock over the stuffed figs. That's hilarious. And it's like an, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, they're calling it, a, it's an installation. It's like an art installation, yes. but it's mm-hmm. inter- interactive, and they've been getting all sorts of coverage on, on that in, in, uh, in St. Louis. So I think it, it, it ups our, you know, ability to be imaginative yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 and create that kind of feeling. But like I say, I do, like with the bookstores, people thought bookstores were going to take away trade paperback business, mm-hmm. but the fact is, we actually worked very well, maybe this is why they went out of business, but our, at both our local borders near our stores, we were on good terms with the people who were uh, most involved with the graphic novel section, right. and usually they would reach a point where they felt they couldn't, if they had a certain type of customer, they couldn't service them because they didn't have all the knowledge, mm-hmm. you, know, it was, you know, it was, well, which Green Lantern book do I read next, or I like this right. Batman book, what's another one like it, and it's like, um, these are just the ones they send us from headquarters. I, d- I don't know what the difference is between Long Halloween and Dark Victory. You have a commercial like that. You use Carl uh, and go see Cal, Cal Worthings and yeah. Car D'Angelo. Well, if you want to know which Batman, go see Car. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, and I hope it's not just us. I mean, I think the, the, the smarter comic shops are all, I mean, I think we're all, you know, again, I learned that to a certain extent from, you know, Joe Field, that's flying colors in Northern California. Mm-hmm. Be you know, be the expert. I mean, I think that you know, in Comics Pro, that's one of the things we we, we encourage people. So you you know, you can be a you know, in one sense, yes, we're a specialty type bookstore, mm-hmm. but we're um, you know, we just need to own it. You know, and 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 if people read some comics digitally, they will reach a point where. They loved what they read so much. Right. They want to own right. a physical and, and, representation. And, and, and when I said IP, I, you know, and you went back to superheroes, oh. I, I didn't want to limit you to uh, saying that. You know, that, that there's it's almost like a genre store. Yeah. In, in a yeah. way, which you know, there used to be, and, and some still exist, like right. uh, Dark Delicacies yeah, out here yeah, yeah. and uh, Change of Hobbit. Bookstore. You know, so bookstores that that cater to a certain type of customer, and then we'll know that comic shops are, if and you want the whole experience, you want all of it, because that's where everybody's going, and right. whether we like it or not, when a, when I hear a creator say, yeah, I just wrote this, I just did this book for the sake of getting the book, but of course, look, if Hollywood offered you even you know, $5,000 right. for the retainer on that, 
of course you're going to take it, you know. Yeah. And 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 I know that people are writing things, and I don't blame them. Uh, writing things to see if they can sell that into right. something that can be yeah. There's I don't you know I mean platform. and and certain publishers you know I mean you know uh, release you know everybody's got a lot I mean it's not just what DC's doing Marvel made some day and date announcements how they're going to broaden right I've heard that yeah um, and other publishers have been doing it I mean Walking Dead kind of quietly went day and date. Uh, at least a year ago, if not more. Very I mean, quietly, but I know how, that's a but, good question. But, but I have to use it. I mean, as a test case, I mean, Walking Dead is sort of an unstoppable juggernaut that, like, like you know, a zombie, like a zombie. <laughs> you have to shoot it through the head to stop it. But you know, I mean, Kirkman. I mean, to me, Kirkman is one of the smartest people in this business. One of the, um, uh, and that was one of the 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 things we did have. You know, this weekend was you know Robert really reaching out to retailers to get feedback, not only for Image, but also for his Skybound line within Image. And this is a guy who really knows what he's doing. He, he knows how to create good comics, and, mm-hmm. he knows how to, and he knows how to build it up. I mean, you know, Earth 2 has an interesting relationship with Walking Dead and Invincible because they pretty much started just as our shops were started. Our shops started. Okay. So, and I remember, you know, so, so, and it was something we were hand-selling because we thought, we, our philosophy initially was, when you first open up a comic book store, especially a brand new one, most of the people who come in either don't shop at a, you know, are, are new or returning, time. or you're getting someone who might shop net regularly at another shop and they're shopping in your you know, shop just to check it out. And that person, they've got a subscription to X-Men and Spider-Man and Batman right. somewhere. You're not going to sell them Batman. What do you have to sell them? So we looked at the available product at the time, and Invincible was something that we loved, and we stocked up on early issues. I mean, I think I still have like issues like three, four, five. I think I still have like a short box full of just the. I mean, they're probably going for you know like a lot of money, but we we've, we've always had a lot of the back issues because we really were until the trade came out. We really were pushing this series. Yeah, you know, we bought a lot of number it, yeah. ones and said, "This is a, you're going to love this." And then we didn't even know about what kind of like how radical the series was going to even become in sort of its second story arc and right. all that. You know, so, so uh, you know, and seven years later, is it a spoiler? Yes, because people have, not everyone's read Invisible, but it's just, a, it's a great series. It's and, and, yeah, and if you haven't, you should, because yeah. it is. It is a great, if and, you think you know, you know superheroes, and, and, you and, don't. And, and, you know, Invincible, you know, and even, you know, Robert says it doesn't do as well as Walking Dead, but it is equally a, you know, but there's very few things created eight years ago that have the same kind of, you know, staying power, and, and again, our trade sales for Invisible are, you know, are, are, are insane. But Walking Dead, as a test case, did digital kill the market for Walking Dead comics? I can't say it did. I mean... And do you have that Walking Dead... Are you carrying that Walking Dead Weekly, the reprints from the and beginning? We carry the, I, I will carry Walking Dead, you know, postage stamps, you know, if they want to want to make them. I mean, we're sort of... I mean, you know, Walking Dead... So is, if the U.S. Postal Service would <laughs> like to do that, if you, if you need a little budget, um, keep your office open, Walking Dead stamps, yeah. Or, but Walking Dead Weekly is great because there are people who... People who Started, you know, who started with the trades and then picked up on the comics. That, that's one of the great phenomenons, the cross pollination. The yeah. reason the books keep the, the sales of the periodicals keep increasing is because when people catch up, they can't wait. So they get right. through issue fourteen, and when the next story arc starts, they they you know they get through volume fourteen of the trades, yeah. and then they jump on the periodicals. That happens regularly, so we always see those we always see those spikes and. And then when people start collecting the periodicals, they want to go back. Mm-hmm. So the, the Walking Dead uh, weekly, you know, it's not 
selling as much as Walking Dead, but it's a great way to have a number one. Mm-hmm. It's a great way for people who just want to kind of try a few issues, you know, although, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the first, you know, I think it's been people who are just Walking Dead collectors, people filling in their, their, mm-hmm. their, 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 their back issues, but it's, it's a it's a fine product and the compendium. I mean, even you know we're, when when Kirkman was uh, was was speaking with us, you know that's one of the things he said. He you know or, or or maybe one of the other retailers said I thought it was crazy to release a compendium that had six books, six trade paperbacks for less than the cost of six trade paperbacks. Why would I want to sell people less of a product? Well, it's just a different audience. Mm-hmm. There's people who want to read. You know, this and this and this. But there was a time, and right before the TV show was the perfect time, there was a time when people want to go, I want to get caught up. And the idea of buying eight books Mm -hmm. at once, but having it in one thing that you could kind of take with you, it felt a little more disposable. So even if it got beat up at the beach or whatever, it wasn't the the, the thing. I mean, you know... Walking Dead has Walking Dead Weekly, Walking Dead Periodicals, Walking Dead Trade Paperbacks, Walking Dead Hardcovers, Walking Dead Compendium, Walking Dead Deluxe Oversized Hardcovers. They Three, all they all yeah. sell. Three so Walking quite, Dead novels. So you'll walking, be having them yeah. which are coming. I, the first one, one of the first, no, the first one comes out I think in October, like uh, sort of, uh, and it's the Rise of the Governor, and it sounds really cool. It's the story. It's, so you see more of the um, since Rick was in a coma. Yes. You know the 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 early the earliest happenings right. Right. will be seen through this character who be eventually becomes you know the governor. As I'll say, I can tell you the thing I picked up at con was uh, sit down with Telltale Games. There'll be a serialized Walking Dead computer game. Yeah, that sounds cool. Following somebody other than Rick at the same time, so right. parallel that eventually meet up. So it's in continuity. It is. If you talk about the multi-platform. Product the the IP again the or uh, sorry the phrase I think I'm supposed to use now is the transmedia right I've heard uh, that. product um, is that you know there it is Walking Dead goes to television it goes to video games it's going to board games who the hell is successfully <laughs> selling board games but I saw in your bag yes. you have it <laughs> you bought it. No, I, think no, I, I don't know if you bought it from the yeah, store. No, friend. I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's a preview. I don't know if it's officially. Re- I don't know when it officially comes out. I think it was like a preview copy. But uh, yeah. It's coming up by September. It is yeah, coming up okay. by September. So, uh, but you know, I mean, there it is. Who's who's successfully selling board games yeah. these days? And Milton Bradley isn't doing that right. anymore. You know, so uh, great pro. I mean, and that, that that and that's one of the things. Again, even you know, All Star Superman is was part of my order for the 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 the, the fall All Star Superman. Like they did with Hush, except they're not going to hardcover, which is, I think, good. And uh, they're doing an All Star Superman Volume One and Two, but a complete All Star Superman trade paperback. Thank you. I need that. Yeah, we all need that. <laughs> I mean, I understand. You know, in the and I said it sincerely. That's why I've not bought the trade paperbacks because I want one. So when my son is old enough, I can hand this yeah. to him and go, "There you go." Right. Well, you understand the demand that when they had a twelve issue series that was taking about a year and a half. You understand why after issue right, right. six or seven or eight I came get out. It. I get it. No, I mean I understand yeah. it too. But it, but it's one of those things that you go. But in the long run, nobody really wants two two books because what kept, when they first did this with Hush, for example, yeah, it was a huge pain. They were never like both in print at the same time, right? Or that awful time when you've got the paperback of one and the hardcover of the, the other. other. And what do you because do? Because no, everyone gets, you know, because when that person does come back for the second volume and it's not the same. Yeah. Format. They're like, 
what the hell? What am I going to do with that? Mm-hmm. They held up my Justice League International collection yeah. for a while. And held, and sure they, oh, they did it with Justice. The new Justice Alex Ross hardcover just came out. That looked really beautiful. All three, all twelve issues. Oh, okay. In no, one hardcover. Another one I need to get. And at a very reasonable thirty-nine ninety-nine price, I believe. So that's you know, because the hardcovers were probably. Twenty dollars each. They released that, yeah. So no, I need to get that as a collection too. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. You. I now <laughs> know the next two things I'm gonna buy. Uh, <laughs> so good. Well, then let's talk of the year because uh, what's good in the shop? We've just talked Walking Dead, but but that's an obvious. Everybody, yeah. you know, you, anyway, what's good that's not getting read or that you think that the average person listening to this podcast? It, basically, if I walk into your store, yes. What are you telling me I, I should be buying? Uh, in terms of comics, I think one of the things right now is even if you haven't been a, uh, a criminal, you know, Ed Brubaker does criminal. Right. right now he's doing a story called The Last <laughs> of the Because even Innocent. if you haven't been a criminal. Uh, even if you haven't been a criminal reader. <laughs> okay. I mean, they're, they're self-contained volumes. Yeah. So even though this is like volume six or whatever uh, that, that's being criminal. serialized, Criminal Last of the Innocent is... You know, it, it, for for comic book fans and people who are, if you like, you know, noir movies and you like comic books, you really have to read Last of the Innocent. It's got kind of surprises and secrets that I don't want to spoil. Right. Um, but you know, it's 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 that pleasure of of you know of, of reading a story and realizing it's also tapping into your own personal history and relationship with comics at the same time. Oh, interesting. But, you know, it works, if, 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 you know, if you, if you don't see that, it works purely as a great murder, you know, noir story, but it's also got this other level that, you know, like I say, it's, it's you know, uh, Ed has just asked people to not pitch it that way, so I'm respecting that, but he does say, you know, if you can get people to read it, as soon as they start reading it, they'll go, okay, wow, I'm, I'm really digging this. So, I've okay. been, so as, a, as a comic, I've been steering people to, um, you know, in terms of, you know, like graphic novels and things, I feel it, got, it didn't get as much attention as Wilson did last year, but Mr. Wonderful by Dan Klaus, which is, I think sometimes format hurts books. They kind of put it in a long mm-hmm. format, and I, I don't think people really like to read Law. I mean, I think people who read comics and graphic novels like them to look like comics, comics and graphic, graphic novels. novels yeah. Call me crazy. Um, I know if you ask the other question, I'm going to be totally unprepared because I, 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 you always ask, and I should have you should have <laughs> told me to ask. I do thing. have it. I, I do have it. Do. I know you do. Oh my yeah, God! I'm gonna have to write right in. We're gonna have to. Because it's gonna be embarrassing to me because I do know one story she read. Oh, okay. Well, you can tell me then. I but see, it's embarrassing because it's mine. She oh, read, that's right. Oh, okay, she read yes, Bela Lugosi's Eyes of the Prairie from Bela Lugosi's um, Tales of the Grave Number 1, and that was the best compliment, the highest compliment I've got at uh, anybody, you know, it meant the most. So uh, for those who don't don't know, this uh, Carr's wife, the lovely and talented Susan Avalon, uh, her father was a great pulp writer, Michael Avalon, and so to even be mentioned in, a, in an email in the same breath sentence was so amazing, you know, so... Um, that was nice, uh, but I can't believe she would have wasted her one story a year on me. So <laughs> no, well, she, she had also read Mr. Wonderful. Okay, you, okay. Both, so so that's that's the, and again, it, you know, and it's this this story that Dan Clouds he originally serialized it in the New York Times, um, Sunday Magazine when they were doing comics. Yeah. Gene, um, Gene Wang also had a a, a, a a story in there that got collected after that, and um, Jason had. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they, all the stuff I think that's been in there has since been collected. And Mr. Wonderful is just this like 
uh, you know, it's an ironic title. It's a it's it's a guy sort of just on his blind date, and you know, just his mm-hmm. thought process throughout the entire blind date, and how everything, um, you know. It is sort of probably one of the worst blind dates ever, is really what it comes down to. But it is so, it's dark and funny and, and, and twisted. Well, last and, and year when you compared, <laughs> you brought up Wilson, you said it was like, because you were compared to Wilson, which I read afterwards. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see that at all. So are you Mr. Wonderful now? Is that <laughs> no, I'm not Mr. Mr. Wonderful, because I haven't been on, you know, married as long as I have. I haven't been on a, on a date in, in years. But I think I think that... But I think that experience was so primal for so many of us, you know, yeah. that, that re, why do romance stories, and even, you know, even if you're married, even if you're in a relationship, whatever, there's something, there's a moment that we understand happens when people first meet, mm-hmm. and it's all that possibility, um, all that, um, you know, the, the potential for romance and all that, that there's something narratively about that moment that kind of always works and, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that just really works in in, in, uh, in in Mr. Wonderful. So what are you looking forward to most in the in the coming year? As a retailer, books-wise, anything that's got you most excited? Uh, I think this, this, this 52 um, uh, initiative is, is is great because, you know, again, there's a lot of, a lot of cool things. Not Barbara Gordon as Batgirl and Dick Grayson as Nightwing, those are, you know, fun things. Um, on the Marvel side, you know, I, I I like everybody who's been involved with 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 Hulk. I I don't think it was creatively their fault. I think Marvel mismanaged the Hulk franchise, and the Hulk is probably my favorite Marvel character. Mm-hmm. So th- this getting back to basics, or you know, kind of stripping away some of you know the things that have happened, and getting back to a Hulk comic with Jason Aaron um, and Mark Silvestri. I think that's that's something I'm looking forward to. The Return of the Defenders again. You know, when I those were my Marvel comics. Hulk and Defenders were my faves, and um, so smart takes on those old concepts is something that always gets me. It's mm-hmm. why I loved. You know, we were talking about uh, you know JLA Retroactive this mm-hmm. week, you know, which had an Earth Prime story. Um, <laughs> So anything that, that takes I liked how they changed that. When I was a kid, it was Earth Prime was our Earth. Yeah. And they make a very specific point of the, in this one of saying it's not. It's an Earth like ours. With well, because rules. I guess they're sort of acknowledging maybe they're, 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 that, that Julie Schwartz didn't really have a cosmic treadmill. And they, well, quite honestly, uh, anybody reading this is not young and gullible. Uh, anybody picking up JLA right. retroactive is probably right. somewhere in their forties. Well, I think, uh, I, I think maybe they're saying <laughs> Earth Prime, and then which is of the well, we get into the whole fifty-two thing. <laughs> no, but if it's set in the seventies, then there was just uh, a yeah, uh, it's confusing. Uh, well, you know what? But also remember. Uh, Ultra eventually happened on Earth Prime. That's true. So it had so, to be something separate. So yes. that's when Jerry Conway blew the illusion that it was really our Earth. Well, um, yeah. And Superboy was. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the Superboy of Earth Prime that yeah. uh, punched continuity holes. Right. Uh, oh, he was exactly. He was supposed to be our Earth Prime. Um, uh, uh, Adrian Tomine coming out with a new issue of Optic Nerve. That, that gets me very excited. That's, cool. that's, uh, that's on the boards for later this year. Again, I, I, I think I overhit Dan Cloud sometimes, but the Death Ray coming out, in a, it was like the, like the last issue of 8-Ball was a single story called The Death Ray, um, which is, again, probably one of my favorite 8-Ball um, stories, and that's coming out as, a, okay. as its own edition. Um, I, uh, I'm excited about the Walking Dead novel again. I think that's a way um, to, again, broaden what we do. Obviously, I mean, there, you know, there's a lot of ways to get books, 
but I think it gives us a, I think when we have people come in our shop yeah. and we can show them a product that they may not have known, because yeah. I don't think they'll, they'll know about it maybe until they see it. I mean, certainly that was the way with like Fables, you know, Peter and Max, you know. I was going to ask about that. I mean, there's a, there's a novel tie-in that happened. I don't know how well it did. It, it, it did well, and like any Fables book, it's, a, it's now part of the, the canon, you know. Yeah. I mean, so, so anybody who gets into Fables... You know, you know, they read they read the series. They read uh, you know, thousand and one, um, you know, Knights of Snowfall. Yes. Um, they read Jack of Fables if they want to go in in, in in that direction. They read Cinderella mm-hmm. if they want to go in that direction. So it's just another choice after you've exhausted, mm-hmm. you know, the the main you know uh, fable series. Um, you know, did it, I don't know that it I probably didn't sell as well as a Fables hardcover or trade paperback on its. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah I'm but sure. it, but it's, but it sells. People are interested in it, and it sells regularly. And interestingly enough, Bill Willingham, through Fables, I should say, uh, this is more large podcast business, um, has kind of achieved a weird sidestep into in the industry, and in that he's guest of honor at Worldcon this year. Wow! So, which usually the con- the comics guy before was Neil. I think Neil Gaiman's been the guest of honor right. there, and that's about it. Right. Willingham has stepped up into. I don't know they if you ever asked Alan Moore at one point. Oh, I, oh well, maybe not. Not if it, if Neil Gaiman was the first, then maybe they never. Or, <laughs> or by the time they asked Alan Moore, he was like yeah. not going to go. Well, I would imagine Alan Moore would have, but you know, but to but to say that's because that fandom is very split. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, you, I guess you used to Neil, Neil Gaiman. You mean? Uh, no, no. Um, the Worldcon, the World Science Fiction and Fantasy. I went once for Starlog. Wait, right, I was thinking long thinking you probably had a Starlog connection in the yeah. past, but. To me, that that fandom, even though people there do read comics, it seems very, uh, still very split. And for Willingham to have gotten that kind of acknowledgement, that says Fables has resonated. Yeah, well. th- that that is a good message. I think, yeah, because I think Neil Gaiman, you could still argue, beyond Sandman, was doing novels, and mm-hmm. th- I imagine that that at the time time that happened, and you know, it, it, it's. That's a, it's a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing for that to all be embraced. I mean, in the same way, Comic-Con embracing, you know, Doctor Who. I just... <laughs> Any time I can bring up Doctor Who, I will. But, I mean, it, but that, I think, and I think, again, everybody was generally excited. Uh, yeah. And, su- <laughs> and surprised that America, I think the BBC America thing and not delaying the shows, I think that really worked in terms of really solidifying the American fan base. Finally. Well, because it got us all talking at the same time. I had too many friends who were like, oh, yeah. I'm weeks ahead of you, yes. and I already watched the torrent, and I'm like, you know, then it did create a, a, a you know, but now most of my friends don't bother because it's, well, it's hours as opposed to weeks. At Comic-Con, I ran into somebody who uh, I was, uh, must have been wearing something Doctor Who-ish, and uh, they uh, said, oh, have you seen... The latest episodes, and he said, and he had an American accent. We said, we just moved back from England. As soon as it was a comic con, it was in San Diego right. downtown, and he said, we just moved back from England. I said, oh well, there's. I'm sorry, I said it this way. They're the same day and date <laughs> here now, <laughs> and, uh, except when there's a holiday. <laughs> except, except when there's a holiday, and he was, and which was the greatest thing ever. Like like the, apparently that was the worst part for this family. Uh, moving back from England was they were going they were afraid they were going to be behind yeah. with Doctor Who. Sure. You know so um, and uh, have you been watching Tor- you have been watching Torchwood on the I, uh, yeah I'm, I uh, I think tonight's the fourth episode yes. so I'm up to up to, up to two. Okay. And and it, it it's 
I mean, I'm enjoying it. I mean, but it is, it's 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 the setup for the next level of Torchwood. I mean, so it is like another, you know, uh, you know, in the the um, the last one was sort of a wrap up, and this one is sort of a new beginning. Yeah. And then we'll get to a place, perhaps, where if it's successful enough, I suppose, where we'll have just episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for your time, and uh, looking forward to uh, same time next year, perhaps. Oh, and it's not. It's actually a week earlier next week, uh, next year. Comic-Con oh, my God, is that, that throws off all my plans. I've only got 51 weeks until next <laughs> <laughs> You do. I'm sorry. I have to move some things around. <laughs> yeah, they're going the 15th, so in the middle of July okay. next year, so... Okay, well, <laughs> however it works, however it sure, we'll, we'll, we'll all get through because we always do. So, all right, thank you, Carr, and you, uh, remind everyone listening to use your powers only for good. <laughs>